Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Good morning, everyone. Great to have you at the At the Crossroads Church live stream. I'm really excited to share a message with you today that includes two powerful testimonies. We have two quick Zoom calls that are going to come in at the end. Powerful testimonies about what God is doing in the lives of people. And so this morning, first of all, I want to welcome you. If you're not usually a part of the church and you're visiting with us today, we want to welcome you. It doesn't matter to me what your religious affiliation is. It doesn't matter where you are in life. Even if you say, I don't believe in God, no problem. We're just glad you're here with us. And um, one of the things I believe very strongly is that, um, that God encourages us to be free thinkers, right? We have to be thinking for ourselves because if we just buy everything that's sold to us, how many know we can end up in a lot of trouble, right? So I want to start this morning. I'm just going to pray and we're going to dive into the scripture together. Father, I thank you for this message today that I'm sharing with your people. God, I ask that you would speak to our lives and challenge us today and help us to see your love and understand your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. And so the God of the Bible encourages us to be free thinkers. It actually says in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 3 to 5, this passage of scripture is being written by King Solomon. He's the, the wisest man, and he's here writing concerning wisdom. This is what he says, Yes, cry out for wisdom, comprehension, and intercede for insight. For if you keep seeking it like a man who seeks for sterling silver, searching in hidden places for cherished treasure, then you will discover the fear of the Lord. That word fear is reverence of the Lord and find the true knowledge of God. In order to find the true knowledge of God, you need to be searching for God like you would search for for treasure. And I don't know a lot of people that do that. I mean, I searched a bit, but I've never searched for God like I was searching for treasure. We're promised that if we would, would pursue and look for wisdom, that we would find it, okay? So years ago, I actually took this and I ran with it. And I started to research religions and I started to research spirituality because I wanted to know the truth for myself. I'd grown up in a Christian home and I was presented uh, the gospel. I was presented Christianity, but I wanted to see the truth for myself. So I began to search it out. There's two or three things that I noticed about religions and spirituality, which I'm going to talk about in just a few minutes. But before I talk about that, first of all, I want to speak directly to those who feel that they've been spiritually abused. Maybe you're listening to this call and you say, what does that mean, spiritually abused? Maybe you're part of a Christian sect or another religion that uses the Bible or has used the Bible to control and manipulate you. I want to tell you something today. The purpose of the scripture is not to manipulate and control you. The purpose of the scripture is to liberate you and bring freedom. God wants you to be free from sin. He wants you to be liberated as a son and daughter of God. This is good news. And so if you've ever been controlled or you're going through control and manipulation, spiritual leaders using this book to do that, I'm sorry to hear that and I pray for you. All right? There's a second group of people who would never consider being a Christian because they can't fathom the fact that this could be the inspired Word of God. 
Like how can 52 authors throughout different times in history over thousands of years hear the Holy Spirit and write down the words of God? And, and so because of that, they say, I just, I'm just going to not, not give this any thought. Well, listen, I, I want to encourage you. I want to say this to you. As Christians, most of us, our faith isn't primarily on ancient text. We believe this, and, I, and that's a whole other sermon, why I believe this is the Word of God. But putting the Scriptures aside, our faith isn't in just the Scripture. Our faith is in the testimony of the resurrection of Jesus, okay? When someone's interested in learning about Christianity and they come to me and they say, can I have a Bible? I give them a Bible. And then they ask me, what should I read? And I say, I want you to read one of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and then read the book of Acts. Why do I do that? I want them to read the eyewitness testimonies of the historic Jesus, his birth, his life, his miracles, his death, and most importantly, his resurrection. I want them to read the eyewitness testimonies that history will verify so that they can begin to put their faith in Jesus. Okay? So this is really, really important. So let's go back to the two things I noticed about religion. The two things I noticed is that most religions, okay, have some good teaching on morality. Okay, most of them have good teaching on moralities. Spiritual leaders came and they brought good moral teaching. However, all religions are aware that there's this evil that is present with them. Okay, so they, okay, we have good in one hand, but we also have evil present with us. Okay, the whole yin and yang concept. Okay, so we have good and we have evil. There's a little good in all evil. There's a little evil in all good. And we just have to cope with it. We have to deal with it. Okay. That's where most religion is, all right? Second thing I realized is that there's this goodness in your life scale that needs to be equal or greater than the evil in your life. So if you've done a lot of evil things, then you've got to do a lot of good things to kind of balance the scale. And if you can balance it or actually do a little more good than you've done evil, then you get to go to heaven or be reincarnated or, you know, become a part of the universal consciousness or whatever, right? There's, there's always, there's something that we have to do. We have to balance this thing out. But the main thing is that evil is always an issue and evil is always present with us. And that is what I've seen in religion. The third thing I see in the study of religion is that the disciples, the followers of spiritual leaders, preach the teachings of their leaders after they die. So if a spiritual leader dies, the followers begin to echo the teachings, the worldview, the moral philosophies. They begin to share them and they begin to promote them. Now, the difference with the 12 disciples of Jesus is that they didn't come out and begin to preach the moral teachings of Jesus. They didn't come and say, this is the worldview of our master Jesus. No, they didn't do that. What they did was they began to proclaim that he was risen from the dead. Now, why would anyone do that? Because what happens is there's no benefit to that. There can be a benefit to promoting the teaching and ministry philosophy of an individual, but to come out and say, you know, he's risen from the dead 
okay? You're going to ruin your reputation. Everyone's going to think you're nuts, first of all. Secondly, you become suspect in a missing body case, which is a serious issue. I mean, you don't, I mean, the body's missing and now you're, you're, you're making these crazy claims. They had, they had no reason. It didn't make any sense for them to do that. Not only that, there was over 500 people that claimed to see the risen body of Jesus. And Jesus had spoken to people. Now, why would they do this? Why would the followers of Jesus, the disciples of Jesus, why would they lay down their lives for a lie? You know, many people, even today, lay down their lives for the teaching of their gurus or their teachings of their spiritual leaders. But why would you lay down your life for a lie? Or sorry, we look at history and we see Peter and Paul were both martyred. We see that Peter was crucified upside down at his request and Paul was beheaded around 66 AD. We know from history that Thomas, who was probably active in the area of East Syria, um, had died there when he was pierced through with the spears of four soldiers. I don't believe that religious texts can help you. I don't think even the Bible by itself can help you. In fact, Jesus spoke to religious leaders in his day and he said this in the passage of John chapter 5, verse 39 to 40, speaking to the religious leaders. He said, you guys are busy analyzing the scripture, frantically pouring over them in hope of gaining eternal life, going over the scriptures, trying to find eternal life. Everything you read points to me. Yet you still refuse to come to me so that I can give you the life you're looking for, the eternal life. It's kind of like if you got a flyer in the mailbox saying that you can get a Corvette down at the Chevy dealership. And you took that flyer and you went around your neighborhood waving the flyer saying, I have a Corvette. I have a Corvette, everybody. They would look at you like you're from Mars because you don't have a Corvette. You have a flyer that points you to the place where you can purchase one. And that's what the Word of God is. It, 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 it actually points us to Jesus. It points us to the place where we can find eternal life. There's too many people out there running around with holy books saying, I'm a spiritual person. I'm a spiritual person. And the reality is, no, this just leads us to truth. It leads us to the place where we can find truth. Jesus' followers taught about the resurrection. Jesus' followers taught about the divine exchange. Those were the two things they focused on. They didn't talk so much about the moral teachings of Jesus, but they talked about the resurrection, the power of the resurrection, and they talked about the divine exchange. What is the divine exchange? In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21, it says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sins, so that we could be made right with God through Christ Jesus. So what he did was God took away our sin and he gave us his righteousness. So no longer uh, are we trying to outdo all of the evil we've done in our life by doing more good than evil, but we can be washed whiter than snow. How does this happen? Jesus made a promise to his disciples. He says, it's better that I go away back to heaven to be with the Father. Because when I do, I will send the Holy Spirit 
and He will be with you and He will teach you all things. When the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you're cleansed. He's cleansing you of your sin and you're a new person in Christ Jesus. Here's one of the things that happened in Acts chapter 2, verse 22 to 25. When Peter preached the gospel on the day of Pentecost, the first recorded sermon, look what he said. People of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus of Nazareth by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. So everybody knew that there was this man, Jesus, who was doing miracles. And Peter says, God publicly endorsed Jesus of Nazareth. I've got news for you today. Not only did God publicly endorse Jesus during his ministry years on earth, he publicly endorsed Jesus through the lives and hands of the first followers of Christ, and he's still publicly endorsing Jesus with signs, wonders, and miracles. Yeah. Hello, everyone. I wanted to uh, take a few minutes just to have a friend of mine, Al Robinson, uh, give his give a, a brief testimony about what God has done in his life. Of course, he's he's a brother in Christ. He does not attend our church, so we're not trying to promote our church. We're here to promote Jesus. We're here to talk about Jesus and his his miracle working power. And so I'm going to ask uh, my brother Al here um, if you can just take a few minutes to share who you are and what was your diagnosis. Well, thank you, Travis. Thank you for inviting me to take part. Um, so basically, uh, my diagnosis was that uh, I had a problem with my heart. Um, I had been to see two different specialists, and both of them said I would require uh, surgery. It was apparently a very risky surgery, and so they were trying to put it off as, as long as they possibly could. Um, I guess the prognosis on it wasn't, uh, wasn't that great. And while we were at service one Sunday at the Crossroads Church, you were actually preaching and you uh, asked if anybody required healing to please come to the front afterwards and, and you would pray with them. And... Uh, I came up and uh, I told you that I needed a new heart. <laughs> and uh, I think you thought that I was asking for salvation. We'd already been there. Yeah, I just needed, I, I needed a new heart. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought, I didn't think you needed a literal new heart. I thought you wanted just God to touch your, your Exactly. Heart. Go ahead. Uh, but you did pray. Uh, you, you spent uh, time praying with me and, uh, you know, I, I came away from that feeling different. Um, the next day, I actually went and saw my new specialist here in uh, here in Trenton, and uh, he did not want any of the old files whatsoever. He said, "No, forget all that. I want to start right from scratch." And so, for over a week, I did a different test every day. Uh, and about two weeks after you had prayed with me, I went into his office to get the test results. Mm -hmm. And he came in, he was reading the file, and he looked at me 
And I remember that moment so well. He looked me straight in the eye and he said, Al, there is nothing wrong with your heart. You have the heart of a 20-year-old man. Praise God. That's awesome. It is awesome. It is awesome. Now, had the other doctors been wrong? No, because I had seen the, the same things that they did on the screens when they were doing their testing. Wow. So I knew that they weren't wrong. You know, truly a miracle had, had happened because of us praying for, for healing. And God didn't deny us. That's wonderful. And so, and you were on a heart transplant list, is that correct? No, it wasn't a heart, tra- it was going to be open heart surgery. Okay. So. And Yeah. So, uh, and they, they were concerned enough that they were trying to put it off for as long as they could until they really didn't have any other option but to do it. So, uh, today I'm on no heart medications at all. I had been on heart medications for years, uh, totally off of everything. So, so were, were you on heart medication before that night that we prayed with you? Yes, had been for several years. Wow. Yes. So here's my last question for you here. Um, in, in Acts chapter 2, verse 22, uh, Peter was preaching his first sermon to the Jewish people that gathered, and he said, uh, people of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus of Nazareth by doing powerful miracles, signs, and wonders through him. Um, do you feel that, uh, what does that scripture mean to you when you hear that? <laughs> um, I actually wrote a song uh, a little while after this all took place, and it's called, I Still Believe in Miracles. Wow. And one of the lines in that is, uh, you know, I still believe in miracles. I've witnessed them firsthand, wow. which is truly what this was. This was a miracle. And there's no doubt in my mind that the miracles that are spoken about and recorded in the Bible actually took place. I mean, I've seen it myself and, you know, experienced it myself. How can I possibly not believe what's, what's recorded there? That's awesome. Well, listen, thank, thank you for your testimony. I believe it's uh, my sermon this week is talking about the resurrection and how Jesus is alive and still a miracle working God. And so uh, this is just a real encouragement that if we pursue him, he does answer prayers. And so thank you so much, Alan. It's well, great to chat you. with you. Great to t- talk to you again. Great. Take care, my friend. Thank you for the encouragement. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, so, yeah, this, this uh, testimony is a testimony from Christian uh, Christian Moser, and he attends our church. Uh, and how long have you been a Christian for? Christian, about five years. About five years now. Um, yeah, I would say I would say actually four. I found Jesus when about five years ago, but I didn't dedicate my life to him until about four years ago. So, okay. And so, what changed in your life? How did you know that Jesus was the Son of God and, and your Savior? He healed my anxiety. I had really bad anxiety, um, like to the point where I would get, I would black out, um, and I prayed and was was prayed upon, and hands got laid over me, and I just felt it lift. And I knew right then and there that Jesus answers prayer, and He also heals and just That's He's awesome. so faithful. So he, he he literally took your burden. So would you say that Christian faith is blind faith or would you say it's experiential faith? 
Oh, it's experiential, it's for experience. sure. Yeah. That's right. And I believe as we experience Christ, then we look to the text of the Bible and we say, ha, huh, it's, it's right there. It's confirming what I know in my heart to be true, correct? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. That's good. Anything else you want to say concerning uh, your testimony, what God's done in your life? He just brought me from a, a really dark place um, and brought me into a place of light and of, of love. And I'm totally thankful for, you know, the walk that I've been on and, and the people that he's brought into my life. I wouldn't be where I am without him and without the divine appointments that he's, he's placed into my, uh, my life and, and Holly's life as well. Um, just worked so many miracles and he, and he keeps going. That's awesome. That's good. Hey, well, thank you, Christian. It was great. And I'm sure you're encouraging people by hearing this. And what would you say to someone who's trying to decide whether or not they should put their faith in Jesus? Take the step, take the leap. Um, it, it's so hard. It's so easy to get caught up in this world and to believe things of this world, but it is so much easier to let Christ lead you and just live a godly life it's so much there's so much more peace and it's just a lot it's just a better way the life of freedom yeah. thank you thank you my friend that's awesome thanks for the testimony awesome well i hope you enjoyed those testimonies you know god has a plan for you and god loves you so much i want to give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel just like he touched christian's life just like he touched al's life he wants to touch your life. You can have an experiential faith with God by putting your faith in Jesus. It's like you experiment by calling out on the name of Jesus and then you experience the forgiveness of sins. You can even feel sometimes the weight of, of, of darkness and the weight of sin is broken in your life. Jesus calls it being born again. So I'm gonna take a few minutes and just allow you to make a decision whether or not you'd like to know the Lord. So if you want to make a decision today to have a relationship with God, have your sins washed away, and experience a connection with God, I want you to click on that button that says, Raise My Hand. And we're going to try to connect with you. And uh, I'm going to give you a moment to pray with me right now. So if you want to make that decision today, don't wait, because God loves you, and God wants you to experience Him and have a relationship with Him right now. So if that's you and you're clicking on that button, even if you don't click on the button, you can pray this prayer with me. And I want you to do it now. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for my sins. I ask you to forgive me for all my wrongdoings. And I'm asking you to send your Holy Spirit to live within me. Come and change me from the inside out. I call you my Lord, I call you my Savior, and I put my faith in you, in Jesus' name. The Bible teaches us that if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. Let me also take a moment right now just to pray with you. If you have any sickness in your body, if you have any trials that you're going through, I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that your healing power that was moving in the life of Jesus the power that was moving in the life of his followers is still available today. So I pray for miracles right now to flow into the living rooms, into the lives of people right now, God, that you're healing bodies, you are taking away 
Even as Christian said he had anxiety, gods, you're taking anxiety because perfect love casts out fear. You're taking it out of their lives right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.